colleges today, there are majors in entrepreneurship. I don't really personally believe that you can teach entrepreneurship. It's something that's in a person. It's an aggressive approach to in a person. And you don't know if you're an entrepreneur until it's Wednesday and you got a $30,000 payroll on Friday and you have no money in the bank. Yes. Then you have to figure out actually how to get that money and how to do it. Otherwise, you have a lot of unhappy employees. Hi, I'm Tori Reed, the executive producer for Getting Deals Done. Getting Deals Done is about one of three dynamic intentions. Number one, the success mindset, which is about the visionary doer as well as the dream catcher. Number two, systems, what it takes to get deals done in the world. And number three, power, how big things are done in the world. Getting Deals Done is about impacting humanity one deal at a time. Our shows are produced for the busy executive in under 20 minutes with voiceovers that aim to clarify, inspire, and raise your collective business IQ. We hope the show will leave you supercharged with capital energy, focused with purpose, and ready to do your very best by being your best. Welcome to Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, my partner and a tenured financier, as well as someone who knows a thing or two about getting the deal done. We have all been through incredible changes since 2020. In fact, more people are committed to living their best lives than ever before. At Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell, we are staying healthy and hydrated throughout this episode, courtesy of our premier partners at Vivro Water a sustainable solutions company who has been leading the charge for nearly 40 years for a kinder, smarter, and lighter planet. With the most reliable, highest performing, and eye-catchingly stylish water dispensing equipment available, they specialize in advanced water filtration, chilling and carbonation, at the touch of a button or pull of a handle. Vivro Water is precisely the kind of life choice for leading captains of industry. We are all getting deals done and trying to lead our very best lives. Sustainable water, making the world responsible and healthier. One conversation, one deal, one pour at a time. Go to vivrowater.com, V-I-V-R-E-A-U, water.com for more information. Alan Stone and Wall Street Research have been riding the bull markets, bear markets, great recessions, pandemics, since investor relations was even a catchphrase. We're proud of Wall Street Research's new marketing and capital market sponsorship. Since Alan was 13 years old, he has refined a philosophy of thinking small to win big, absolutely mastering the microcap markets as a captain of industry. In our new series, we work with Alan and his landmark investor relations show to reveal the beating heart of American markets. It's the roaring 20s of the 21st century, and Wall Street Research has its fingers on the quickening pulse of American capital markets. There's a lot of talk in American culture these days for manifesting. I think that's just a new word for entrepreneur or enterprising. The word comes from the 18th century, entreprendre, which means to undertake. Bob Unold, the entrepreneur, is as an athlete or an artist in total command of his craft. Today, we're here inside of Los Angeles at the Ash Cigar Restaurant. I'm here with Bob Unold our guest, and also the CEO 
of attendant. Bob is a serial entrepreneur with several multi-million dollar exits to his name. Now he's had a plethora of many entrepreneurial endeavors, but he's had two of them in particular that have done particularly well. Bob, welcome to Getting Deals Done. What a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Patrick. Appreciate it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your latest venture. Did you remember to is a company that we actually started based on an idea my daughter had. Hmm. I tell a story that she was leaving the house one day and I was standing in the kitchen and she came right back in and she forgot something. Yeah. Okay. We all forget things. On the way out, she said, you know, we need that as a reminder just as we're leaving the house. So we can't forget, you know, it's right then and there. And from that conversation, we created the company. I filed patent applications and we've been awarded two patents since then based on that one idea out of my That's amazing. Daughter. I love that organic approach to doing a business. Now, you make it sound a lot simpler than what it is because you've been in mobile communications now for over, I won't careful, say. Careful, careful. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you've been in mobile communications since you were in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about a couple of your previous ventures? I think one venture in particular had a $50 million exit in which you founded and sold the company for $50 million. It was an Inc. company, fastest growing company. And you did really well with it. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? Sure. That particular company, Mincron SBC Corporation, we started from scratch, sort of a partner with it. And we did it at the right time. It was when the IBM System 34 was first launched. And we were a consulting firm in that area writing software. There's no prepackaged software as you know about today at that time. So we were very successful growing the company. We went from myself first and then we grew to about 120 people by the time we sold it, which it's big, but not that big, you know, but we had software product at that time, a full system for hard goods distribution, Mm -hmm. which really added to the value of the company. And that's how we got the, you know, $50 million sale. What's interesting to me is you've had Fortune 500 experience, but then you've also had extensive experience in mid-sized to small cap companies. Tell me a little bit about what all those endeavors have in common. Because yesterday when we were at Alan Stone's Wall Street Research event in Beverly Hills at the Palm Hotel, you were saying it's really interesting to go from working in corporate America, having a desk job, even if it's a C-level executive suite position, and then going to being an entrepreneur, which I find interesting because this is an entrepreneurial endeavor as well, where you have to do everything at any given time and moment. So can you talk a little bit about what it is to be an entrepreneur? Sure. My favorite, to get very granular on what you just said, is the corporate executive who has some significant savings and is going to start their own business. They're going to be an entrepreneur. And they get out of the corporate world and they go to start their own place. And the next thing they realize, how do I get a stapler? (laughs) The staples aren't in the the storeroom. Oh, I got to go and buy them? (laughs) There's such a myriad of details that need to be taken care of to get a business going that makes the jump from corporate America to being an entrepreneur actually kind of more risky. Yes. Because they don't have that experience. They may have the experience running the larger organization, but as many people and most politicians just don't get, companies don't automatically pop up with Mm -hmm. 50 or 100 employees doing $5 million in sales. That's not what happens. Interesting. So... I mean, at any given time point, you have a million things to do. And I always find myself with even getting deals done and doing this podcast. I'm like, okay, I've got invoices to send out. I've got post-production, pre-production. 
And the thing that always guides my thought process is where's the money? Because the money doesn't free up other opportunities for me. Yesterday, you said that you've been raising capital and that's your principal activity now. <laughs> yes. That's the moment. But how do you make a determination as to what's important on any given day? That's a great question because I intuitively know what needs to be done, whether it's making those calls for money reaching out to potential investors, or it's having that marketing meeting or the tech meeting to go over the designs, or talking with the IP attorney. I mean, mm -hmm. there's just a myriad of things that can happen. Well, what I find is that I often have to chastise myself <laughs> for doing the easier thing. I know it's so much easier to work on the financial model because that's there in front of me. It's a nine-tab Excel spreadsheet that you know I've created and used over the years. And you can get into that, and as time goes by as you're massaging or whatever, when really I should be making the next call <laughs> for a potential investor. So sometimes I have to chastise myself and say, mm -mm, yeah, I'm doing the wrong thing. Interesting. I mean, that's fascinating to me. So if you work in a Fortune 500 company or you're a, a desk job inside of a Fortune 500 company, you know your check is coming in any given week. And the great thing about being an entrepreneur is you have no limit. But then the downside to that is if you're not doing it, it's not happening. I've literally had moments when I wake up at three in the morning with a great idea and I'll be like, oh, I have to get up and do that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the only thing I ever do when I, I, after about five hours of really good sleep normally, and then the next three hours is somewhat less good. But the only thing I do is I just write it down and go back to sleep. The good ideas, when they come, you do want to try and capture them. Every entrepreneur has seven core skills. Number one, a vision and knowing precisely what you want. Number two, asking questions. Questioning yourself, questioning your plans, questioning your strategy, questioning your business plans, and questioning and refining your decisions. Number three, passion and energy. Number four, working hard. Number five, always look for and create opportunities. Number six, communicate, communicate, and communicate. And number seven, for those of you familiar with Glenn, Glenn, Gary Ross, make sales or ABC. Always be closing. Basically, how do you make a determination what you need to do at any given moment? I mean, like I said, for me, it's always that which is attached to the dollar sign. And it's interesting because I have a partner in this endeavor. She's focused completely on television and film production. So the quality of our production and communications, you just sat there and mentioned I think you were mentioning putting together a technical aspect of, of what it is that you do. One of the things you work on is the technical side of the business design, mm -hmm. helping to design the product. But those are the pillars of the business, designing the product and working with the techs to get the product to the market, talking with customers as much as you can, marketing, and then all of the infrastructure work of accounting and legal, the contracts. It's just there's a myriad of things to do mm -hmm. and sort of pivoting back to your earlier question about, you know, the transfer from major corporation into an entrepreneurial effort. Those are the things that often new entrepreneurs don't get. Mm -hmm. And there are in school today, in colleges today, there are majors in entrepreneurship. I don't really personally believe that you can teach entrepreneurship. It's something that's in a person. It's an aggressive approach that's in a person. And you don't know if you're an entrepreneur until it's Wednesday 
and you got a $30,000 payroll on Friday and you have no money in the bank. Yes. Then you have to figure out actually how to get that money and how to do it. Otherwise, you have a lot of unhappy employees. And I've had that happen a few times. Not the unhappy employees, but the <laughs> making payroll on Friday with nothing in the bank on Wednesday. What comes to my mind when you say that is I think, oh, this guy was in the Navy. He's actually been to war. He's been in dangerous situations because there's a certain element of drama and danger in the situation that you just noted. Specifically, payroll due on Friday. People are paying their mortgages, paying their rent, paying the utilities, paying their car notes. And you're sitting there inside of the office, zero money inside of the bank. I have to get to 30000 50000 by Friday. Otherwise, I'm going to disappoint my entire team. Right. Fascinating. It happens. And when you face that and you figure out how to sleep at night with that, then you know you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. One measure. Yes, yes. Basically, how to deal with the inexplicable and deal with it. Let's talk a little bit about your latest venture. Did you remember to LLC, which I pronounced incorrectly at the beginning of the show? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> sure. Well, I told the story of how we started the uh, company. Mm -hmm. It basically is a combination of a Bluetooth low energy beacon and a mobile app we created for just-in-time reminders, notices, and security alerts. We are currently selling in Amazon. At, it's a 10 and A-T-E-N-D-I-T. And we have resellers that are selling the product for us. And at the moment, we are looking for a major investment to take the company to the next level. In, in entrepreneurship, you have, essentially, I think of it as time slices. There's the time slice in the beginning, whether that's three months, nine months, or a year, where you're putting it all together, trying to figure everything out, and test marketing, maybe some product or building the product. And those are the times when you call out and nobody calls you back. Then there's the next phase when you're a little more successful, you've got a product, you're, maybe you're just getting into the market and you call people and yes, they call you back. Okay. And then there's the third phase, which is what we're always striving to get to is that time slice and going forward when People are calling you and you are screening calls. That's how you can really tell. Some people, you know, they look at, well, how many contracts do you have signed or what's the revenue or whatever? Those things count, of course. But you start to realize when you're making a success out of the business, when people are coming after you all the time. You get from the please to the yes to the no. <laughs> That's another way of putting it. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you should have been looking at the camera when you said that. <laughs> So there's a location beacon. So let's talk a little bit on a more granular level about what it is. It's a location beacon that you put on doors. You fix it to the door. You fix it to the refrigerator, the refrigerator door per se. Yeah. And then there's a software app that's on your phone. If you walk out your door, it'll say, hey, did you remember to sit there and get your umbrella? The right. weather's going to be overcast today. Or hey, if you're an older patron, you might be, you know, did you, did you, you bring your meds? meds? Or if you're a younger patron, did you bring your baseball glove? Right. It's three distinct areas. One is the reminder. Did you bring your coffee? Do you have your coffee mug with you? Did you take your meds this morning? Did you leave the water out for the dog? Whatever. Then there's the sort of the, the notice used as a silent doorbell where mm -hmm. you put it on a shop door. And the, if the owner's in the back doing inventory or down in the humidor, when somebody comes in, they get the notice on their phone that somebody's just arrived. And then there's the sort of the higher value use of the product, which is security alerts. We have some interesting uses for security alerts. We've had parents tell us they put it on their teenage 
son's door so that they are going to get alerted if he decides to try and get out at night. That's good for me to know. Not, not that son. any of us ever did that. No, no. So I'm going to have to take that off the market because I'm disrupting the lives of so many teenagers now. <laughs> but anyway, the security aspect, we find that single women, we believe, the statistics so far seem to say this, using the product as a security alert by putting it on their apartment door. And if somebody tries to get in at night with their phone being charged on the bed next to them, they get an, an alert mm -hmm. that somebody's trying to get in. So they get some forewarning. Because it's like $39.99, a one-time price for the sensor itself, the beacon, it's a um, really low price security system for people. How have you figured out all these different purposes? I mean, what I'm trying to think of right now is in any given product, I think it's always useful when you're going to market to focus on a specific niche. Is that your approach? Or are you guys focused on more of just a broad base? I can't tell you how many people told us, well, we got to figure out what it's good for. One thing, we call it, it's one sensor with a million worldwide uses. And it is international because the sensor itself just can be attached to, it's just got a piece of double back tape with it. Mm -hmm. You can put it on a door in Cape Town, South Africa, Liverpool, Hollywood, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Whether the infrastructure is uh, 220 volts or it's a self-contained unit. Uh, it's got a battery that lasts for well over two years. Mm -hmm. We guarantee it for two years. It can be used anywhere in the world that you can download our app. So cool. that covers most of the world. Excellent. The Latin word interprehendere, which corresponds to the verb entre, prendre, in French, means to grab or to take control. Perhaps even more telling is the Sanskrit word for entrepreneur, antha prarena, which means inner motivation. Bob Unold and his company, Did You Remember To LLC, epitomize not only the entrepreneurial spirit, but that idea of innovation. It is often said business is a very simple though profound concept. Find a problem and create the solution. Did You Remember To LLC seems to epitomize this quintessential American adage. And Bob Unold, a seasoned entrepreneur, is no different than a seasoned athlete who understands the entrepreneurial art form of getting deals done at its highest form. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Deals Done. Each show is engineered as meditation on success by the same team that has brought you success meditations on the art of life, as well as being your very best self with our flagship program, Here's to Life with Tori Reed. The Hilton Sacramento Art and West in Sacramento, California, is committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivery of a clean stay from check-in to check-out. Located a couple of exits from downtown Sacramento and California's capital, our hotel provides a world-class stay, amenities, and rooms at the center of the California experience. California is a world-class economy with visionaries, doers, and dream catchers at its heart. Our mission, as with Here's to Life and Getting Deals Done, is the highest possible expression of excellence, business moxie, humanity, and client care. As the world moves at a fast and sometimes hectic pace, we will provide you with a peace of mind. The Hilton Sacramento Art and West is here to make your experience a better one. We look forward to receiving you. I am Ginger Levert, 
Director of Sales and Marketing at the Hilton Sacramento Art and West. Our focus is on the customer experience and a pristine excellence. When you travel to Sacramento, stay with us and I guarantee your peace of mind. We look forward to bringing you another dynamic offering globally every two weeks. Be sure to join us for our virtual mastermind forum. And remember, prosperity is a state of being, not a ledger line on your bank account.